Hail Dictinus, grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Remember, you did the best you could in the situation you were in with the materials you had. Welcome to In Crisis, Pagan Coping Skills, the 189th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of spoken word poet Blythe Baird. You may call me Ode. You may call me Gwyn. My child is Ode. And we have a guest. Hello. You may call me Jax. <laughs> this Hello. is Jax, my brother. Jax. Hi. The, the wild Jax has been drawn inside. <laughs> we have lured him in with snacks. And promises of affection. So <laughs> right. give him snacks and affection in the chat. <laughs> That's right. a feral cat? Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Let us proceed to housekeeping. Do we have any housekeeping? We don't have any upcoming No upcoming events. events. Right now, because with all of the changes mm-hmm. and things that are going on, we've kind of decided to step back a little bit. Yeah, because we have lots of spinning plates and we're not sure how many of them are going to keep spinning and in what directions for a little bit here. Exactly. We are, yeah, stepping back from participating in events. We may still show up to some. Oh, yeah. I but think... we're probably not going to be teaching at anything anytime soon. Probably not. I would say next year. Yeah, next... 2023, look for us to, sh- to be teaching at events again, hopefully. That's right. Hopefully, hopefully. Assuming we are accepted. Yeah, I think that's it for housekeeping then. So we yeah. are housekept. And housewept. Yay! Yay! So for this episode, this is one that was requested actually relatively recently, and I decided to sort of move it to the front of our schedule instead of to the back of our schedule like I normally would for a variety of reasons. First, obviously, as you heard last week, we are going through some crises right now in our family. And may I say that everyone who has reached out both in the Discord Mm -hmm. and on Facebook, um, private messages, yeah. Thank you so much for your kindness to me, to Ode, and to Carr. Mm -hmm. Your generosity of spirit, as always, just is so moving and means so much to us. We just, we love and appreciate all of you. So thank you so much for letting us know that uh, you're sticking with us and that Mm -hmm. you support us. Your messages have been really uplifting. They have. And as someone that's not directly affiliated with the podcast, but is a part of the family, I've been reading the comments and they've been quite nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was um, one half of the reason I moved this to our next episode. Right. The other half is that the world is kind of a lot right now. <laughs> it is a lot. <laughs> no kidding. So yeah, so before we get into sort of the meat of this episode, mm-hmm. I want to cover some context. And I don't do this to to be scary, no, but I just, huh. want, I just want everyone to sort of take a moment to acknowledge that we're living in some very difficult, complicated times. Mm-hmm. We've had a pandemic. There's been rising nationalist sentiments Mm -hmm. across the world. There have been threats to human rights. Mm -hmm. There have been ongoing wars. There is climate disaster looming. So there are lots of societal traumas that we're all being exposed to right now. And we have a society that because it runs on attention, mm-hmm. sort of constantly bombards us with uh, reminders of those traumas. Mm-hmm. Um, our news cycle really focuses on here's the next problem, milks that for as much engagement mm-hmm. as it can get, and then when you start to burn on that, brings you the next problem. That's right. The news cycle starting to remind me of fast fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Very much a how much attention can we get out of this? How many clicks can we get when the mm-hmm. clicks start to fall off? Next crisis. To be clear, the new crisis coming into the news cycle doesn't mean even that the old crisis is solved. No. Like the war in Ukraine is ongoing. Mm-hmm. The pandemic is 
Still going. Yeah, still going. We're having a little surge. Mm -hmm. But we just sort of run out of the emotional energy to care about those things, That's right? That's right. Mm -hmm. Oh, apathy. Mm -hmm. And because there's this sort of constant emotional bombardment that you're undergoing for all these societal traumas, sometimes you add even the tiniest little interpersonal personal level mm -hmm. problem on top of it and your whole sort of house of cards comes crashing down, right? right. So. First, I want to just take this space to acknowledge that everyone's stress is at a higher state than it might normally be. And it has been at a heightened state since 2020. For a very long time. In some cases, before. for longer than yeah, that. Yeah, in some cases, so before. So there's a tendency for some people, certainly uh, it, this is something I myself have struggled with in the past, mm -hmm. of expecting ourselves to sort of be able to handle whatever happens in our lives mm -hmm. and to sort of shame and denigrate ourselves when we can't for, right. for whatever reason. So I think to start this episode, I want everyone to just like take a moment, take a breath to acknowledge that the machine of your body and your mind and your, your emotions are, is already running so hot mm -hmm. that it's very extremely normal for you to feel stressed and under pressure and like the next needle is going to collapse. collapse. the haystack. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing is that we have been running at this top speed with all this pressure, especially over the last couple of years mm -hmm. with all these incidents worldwide, nationwide, in, in individuals' lives, that it gets to the point where you're so used to mm -hmm. it, you don't know how to operate without that amount of stress. Yeah. Uh, something that I've actually noticed, so I work in a metaphysical store, and our customers are so high-strung mm -hmm. that the second they walk into a space that has been, like, cleansed and cleared, you can see them just go, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, the peace. Just, just physically relaxing. Yeah, mm -hmm. they instantly relax, and they're always like, man, this place feels so nice. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. And they just don't want to leave. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that I think is an important part of this conversation, is a lot of coping isn't about proceeding. Right. It's not about just making yourself fit to move on with your day. Mm -hmm. It's about actually processing the situation you're going through, mm -hmm. like making space for acknowledging that you're dealing with a trauma. Yep. I know this was something that was mentioned a lot in 2020 when the pandemic was sort of still really getting off the ground. There were a lot of psychologists saying, okay, I want everyone to be prepared for the fact that a pandemic is a society-wide trauma you're going to see heightened states of stress and and anxiety and depression across multiple categories. And I think because it's been two years, mm -hmm. we've sort of lost track of that a little bit. Mm -hmm. But everyone is still dealing with that heightened level of stress and anxiety and depression. And the loss of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So there's something that used to be quite common in the first six months to the year of the pandemic mm -hmm. in videos that you would see and they would put out constant reminders of this is not normal mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they would remind people consistently mm -hmm. but as the pandemic got longer and longer and as other situations in the broader world got more and more intense. crazy and intense um those reminders died off because mm -hmm. people got distracted and people got stressed. It started to feel normal. It started to feel normal. And I think we need to pull that back and be like, no, this is not the way the world is always going to be. This mm -hmm. is still not normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that that tendency to treat it or feel it mm -hmm. as if normal, because you're just under that heightened sense of urgency for mm -hmm. so long, you become complacent to that need 
to step back. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I think I understand what you're saying, but I don't like the word complacent. That's fair. I think because complacency has implications of blame mm. or of fault. Mm. And there is no fault. Yeah, and that's 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 why I, I say, like, I don't like that word for it, I think. Mm-hmm. But there is, I agree with you. There is a, a tendency to sort of to start discounting the need mm-hmm. to make space for yourself and yeah. for your trauma. Yeah. Desensitized, says that's a better Rose. Word. Yeah, yeah. Desensitized. You become desensitized mm-hmm. just to the whole experience and and what you're feeling and what emotions it has been bringing up in you and you because you just have to keep going on right Mm. the world keeps happening yeah around and to you yeah and the other thing i think that we haven't even started to consider or recognize are because of the heightened level of stress Mm -hmm. and anxiety and the the hormones that that churns up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're looking, potentially we could be looking at people with other health concerns besides right. the the pandemic. Right, because extended periods of heightened stress mm-hmm. do impact your health. Yep. They reduce your lifespan. Yeah. Not to add to anybody's stress. No, but... we're, not trying to be, we're not trying to be doomsayers, but it is, it is a, you know, it is a part of biology. Mm-hmm. So now that we've gotten through the, this is how... Right. Stressful and and dramatic things are. Now we're going to go through how you deal with it. Yes. (laughs) Coping skills for dealing with, for surviving global trauma. That's right. (laughs) Join our Tiger Crystal at Apothecary Teas. This shop produces fragrant, aesthetically beautiful teas that delight all the senses with handcrafted tea blends from white to red to green. This week, Ode recommends Alchemist's Gold, an herbal tea blend with pieces of apple, strawberry, ginger root, rose hips, and turmeric. Find them at apothecaryteastore.com or on Facebook at Apothecary Teas LLC. Hail, Hail Dictinus! I will also say uh, I have tried those teas and they are really oh, good. And the the one that you recommended is very very. Yeah, good. that particular oh, that one in particular I've ordered it several times and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I like Alchemist Gold. I thought it was appropriate for a coping skills episode because among the many many other things you can do for coping skills, one of the the most important I think is tending to the needs of your body. That's right. Yeah. I was thinking about that today. Is like one of the very first things you can do as a pagan mm-hmm. or whatever is you have to tend to the physical needs make sure you're getting enough sleep Mm -hmm. make sure that you're eating properly hydrating hydrating oh my god water is so important and if not you know if not just plain water Mm -hmm. some some kind of liquid liquid because that helps our body keep going so something that i always recommend because it was recommended to me many, many moons ago, for when you're dealing with stress, or especially if you're depressed, or if you're just really sad about something, or if you're the kind of person who gets who just cries anytime you're emotional. Like, mm. sometimes I cry when I'm angry, just mm-hmm. because, like, my body is trying to release stress hormones, and mm-hmm. that's how it's chosen to do it. I always find that very frustrating. Uh-huh, it's infuriating. But Because um, <laughs> I do the same. Yeah. The reason you're crying is because your body is trying to release stress hormones. Yeah. So they've done some fascinating studies on this, and I won't get too deep into it, but they've done studies on... Tears produced by different kinds of phenomenon. So Mm -hmm. like happy tears and sad tears and angry tears and onion tears all have different chemical structures, right? Mm -hmm. You're crying for different reasons. And so the tears are expressing different chemicals from your body to Mm -hmm. sort of rebalance your hormones. There's um, a tendency in our society, I think, to sort of resist crying, especially in public. Right. But it can actually be very genuinely therapeutic mm-hmm. to cry 
And then, and this is an important point, you cry, you get those hormones out your body, and then especially if you find that you just sort of keep crying, even though it's like no longer helping you, stop, get a glass of water with some ice in it, colder the better, and drink an entire glass of water. And this will do two things for you. One, it will interrupt the sort of mental cycle you've entered by crying. So you can actually use the drink a glass of cold water method to interrupt any kind of thought spiral. Mm -hmm. And two, it will rehydrate you because when you cry, you get dehydrated. And every time you're dehydrated, you feel worse in every way. Mm -hmm. So cry, then water. (laughs) Exactly. And so, yeah, meeting the physical needs of our body Mm -hmm. and not just when we feel stressed, but the mundane taking care Mm -hmm. of our body is very important for us to be able to get to a place where we can address our stress. And I think it it puts you in a better place for all the other coping strategies, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like just performing regular maintenance on yourself. Yeah, regular maintenance. So it's, and it, you know, sometimes we've talked about spoons before. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes the only spoons you have are to get up, get dressed, and and feed your body. You know, drink your water. I know things are really, really bad when I can't get dressed because I've made get dressed once per day, even if it's only going to be for like an hour, mm-hmm. one of my rules for good mental health. And mm-hmm. so I, that's how I know I've gotten like too bad, too deep is mm-hmm. when I just can't even work up the energy to get dressed. Yeah, yeah. Making sure that we're paying attention to what our physical body mm-hmm. is doing and what we need to do for it yep. to try to maintain health. Even just basic health. And this doesn't mean, like, beat yourself up if you can't. Oh, no, no, absolutely You know, be healthy. There are obviously some choices that are better for you. Mm -hmm. Like, taking a walk outside is good for you. Mm -hmm. Eating healthy is good for you. Sure. But if you can't do those things, Mm -hmm. do the next best thing. Exactly. Or the next next best thing that's accessible to you. I mean, I have a chronic illness Mm -hmm. uh, that's known as Sjogren's Syndrome. It is it is a autoimmune disease that before I started taking medication for mm-hmm. it was part of the reason why I was so exhausted all I could do was sleep all day. Mm-hmm. I had no energy, you know. So it was a it was a real struggle to mm-hmm. get up and to get dressed and to have water and to do the things that like um have dinner dinner yeah. instead of like convenience exactly, dinner. Exactly, exactly. So I understand those struggles. Yeah. And like for me personally as someone with insomnia, the thing mm-hmm. that I've had to struggle with over the course of my life is that learning that it's okay to sleep when I'm tired Mm -hmm. as long as I don't have other requirements sleeping at night is not a requirement as long as I sleep when I'm tired yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. exactly so like when I do exam time I sleep at random times throughout the day in like chunks from 20 minutes to an hour Mm -hmm. but like I get six hours a day mm-hmm. so it works right that and that everybody's sleep cycle is different, different so like yeah. some people need six hours some people need eight hours mm-hmm. some people are sort of naturally nocturnal that's how i tend to end up if i'm not forced to get up a particular time is i tend to sleep from like 7 a.m to 3 p.m right mm-hmm. but the the other thing about insomnia and this is sort of adding on to a like don't beat yourself up if you can't beat it exactly um when you have insomnia, trying to force yourself to sleep... Oh, God, it's not going to work. No. Yeah, that's that's the opposite of helpful. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, all I do is stare at this feeling for four hours and then go, well, that was useless. Yeah. So, it actually isn't. So, I, I have some science for you and for everyone. Always. Trying to force yourself to sleep isn't going to let you actually sleep, especially if you have severe insomnia. But, they have done studies that just lying down with your eyes closed, mm-hmm. even if you don't sleep, 
is more rejuvenating than just continuing to go about your day. If you get to a point where you're so exhausted that you can't sleep, which is what insomnia effectively is, just lying down, even if it's only for an hour, mm -hmm. even if you don't actually manage to go to sleep, is, is better than nothing. What I do is I put on an audiobook. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say the same thing. Yep. Then your brain is still, you know, allowed to be engaged in doing something, but you're still getting the benefits of just lying there and, and letting resting. your body recharge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you go stay awake too long, you start getting what are called micro-sleeps, where your brain literally shuts off for 30 seconds to up to like two or three minutes, mm -hmm. and your body's just sitting, standing, wherever you happened to shut down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a mess. Don't do it. We shouldn't feel guilty. Yeah. If we can't do... These, if you can't sleep. If you can't sleep. If, if you, you can't force yourself to make dinner. Yeah, because all we're doing is exacerbating the stress mm -hmm. and the problem. The guilt doesn't solve anything. No, no. And I think part of it is society does mm -hmm. put, you know, we have this, you must be doing something, you must be productive, you mm -hmm. must pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, and you know. impossible tasks. And do the impossible tasks. And sometimes, it's okay if you can't. Mm -hmm. I, I think we need to, we do need to give ourselves permission to do the one thing, even if it's just one thing. Just do the thing that's within your grasp. Within your grasp that will help you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes starting to do that one thing mm -hmm. gives you like enough motivation or enough serotonin mm -hmm. to do the next to thing. To do the next thing, exactly. I did also want to include in the drinking water and, mm -hmm. and Take care of your taking, body. Care, taking care of your body. And that includes, you know, simple things like brushing your teeth mm -hmm. even, you know, stuff like that. But getting outside for, or sitting with a plant, mm -hmm. because there is something, there, there is, I can't remember the name of the book right now, but it's basically called Nature Deficit Disorder. Right. It's not know. an actual psychiatric it's not disorder. Act, exactly. It is um, something that people are beginning to see that when we, you know, are so cut off from, you know, just being with nature for even a, a short amount of time, just five to ten minutes, that can add to our stress. Also, the going outside thing has much less to do with nature, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure, like, we know yeah. tree bathing is good. We did that episode a million years ago. You need sunlight. Yeah. Yep. That's for Physi vitamin D. Your, yeah, your, your body physically requires uh, stuff you can only get from sunlight. It's yep. not actually just vitamin D. Yeah, it's other it's, stuff, It's too. some, some of, of sunlight is how you produce serotonin, mm -hmm. and from serotonin is how you produce melatonin mm -hmm. so the longer you're in the sunlight during the day is how you get better sleep at night yep. i was told by my doctor when my vitamin d was very low mm -hmm. that all i needed if all i could get mm -hmm. was 10 minutes of mm -hmm. sunlight then that would be enough yeah so l in the chat just said there was a day i was cranky and felt like i wanted to do something but couldn't figure out what Wandered the house for like half an hour before I just sat in the sun for 15 minutes and felt better. Yeah, like imitate a cat. Yep. Find a fucking sunbeam. That was actually one of my favorite things to do yeah. in, in my grandmother's house. She had these big bay windows at the mm -hmm. front of the house. And the cats would always go there and sunbathe. And I also liked to go lie mm -hmm. in the sun. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the combination of the heat mm -hmm. and the light and just that energy of the sun. And just... Just take 10 minutes just to stop and sit in that sunlight and breathe. And if and I still say if you can do it outside where you can like, unless you're like in a city where you can't get fresh winter, air or it's or winter or whatever, you know, just get that 10 minutes of sunshine. Mm -hmm. That will do a world of good. Elle says we are houseplants with emotions. Need water, need sun, need dirt sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. 
And pulling it away from the, the science element, mm -hmm. right? Because the science can't confirm that you need plants. It can confirm you need sun, for sure. Sunshine, And we know sure. we need plants for oxygen in general. Mm -hmm. But science has not necessarily borne out that, like, right. we need to be around plants. Right. But from a spirituality perspective, mm -hmm. from a pagan perspective, which is the perspective we're coming from, mm -hmm. yeah, you need to get connected to that to, earth element. To that earth element. Because <laughs> your body is made out of it. <laughs> exactly. And I, I, you know, I have worked with witches who are like, I don't have a green thumb. And it's like, that's okay. You don't have to. You can go out to somebody else's green you thumb. You can go to somebody else's plants. So I used to walk to the bus mm -hmm. when I was going to, to school downtown. Mm -hmm. um, I would walk to the bus and then I would walk from the bus stop to school. And I would pass all these, you know, like little trees that were mm -hmm. just... On the side of the road. You can get amazing energy from those just, trees. Yeah, I had just great experiences just walking by those trees and paying attention to them in the middle of downtown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there are opportunities everywhere mm -hmm. to connect with nature, to connect with earth, mm -hmm. benefit that spiritual uh, relationship mm -hmm. that we have with the earth as pagans, as witches, as magical persons. Yeah, I think every city I've lived in, I've been able to find at least like some a kind of stretch of sidewalk where I can find mm -hmm. some trees. Like when I lived in North Hollywood, when I would walk to school mm -hmm. and just like pass through suburban neighborhoods mm -hmm. specifically because they had a bunch of greenery and trees mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they would have orange trees that's yes. like suspended mm. over the sidewalk and yes. no one can go through that many oranges so no one will complain if you take an orange off a tree that's over a sidewalk. They smell they wonderful. They smell wonderful. Lemon trees as well. Yeah. You can also just walk past your neighbor's yards and admire their flowers. Yes. As you're walking along, just uh, absorb the beauty. Yes. Admire your neighbor's landscaping. They'll probably yeah. appreciate it because yeah. they put a lot of work into it. Exactly. <laughs> they don't trespass into no, somebody's no, yard don't or trespass. whatever. But... Look from the sidewalk, yeah. from a respectful <laughs> distance. And it does, at least for me, it does kind of automatically just help me to breathe and to decompress a little and to connect. Like you were saying, when you walk past the trees, you just feel that energy. And it's, for me, I can just feel the, the the tension lowering. Sometimes I like to just literally go outside into our driveway mm -hmm. and stand outside for a minute. Yeah. Mm. I don't it, do anything else. I just, just go stand outside for a minute. Just breathe. <laughs> yeah. Experience the wind. We've yep. talked about that in the yeah, air. Yeah, I love the wind. In the air episode. Yeah. Of just experiencing that, that wind on your skin. Sort of the active energy of being in the world. So this one is a little bit off the wall. But um, I actually really like to go visit local graveyards. Mm -hmm. One, they're beautiful. Two, I find them extraordinarily calming. Um, and like I, whenever I move to a new location, I like to go to my local graveyards and introduce myself to the to the oldest graves. Mm -hmm. um, just get involved and introduced to the uh, to the local spirits and. They're just peaceful places to be, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're lovely. We have one, like, right across the road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I used to do that a lot. And there, these are, again, situations where, like, you don't have to get involved in the graveyard. Mm -mm. You don't no. have to, like, be volunteering or something at the graveyard to be allowed. Like, you're just allowed to be in a graveyard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As long as it's during their operational yeah. hours, you know, and you're not trespassing when you're not supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. But you know, yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you're allowed to just be there and hang out. And just walk it around. It used to actually, like, we've gotten sort of weird about graveyards. It used to be pretty common for people to just go, like, have a picnic in a graveyard. Mm -hmm. Like, pe people used to just go do things there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, 
occasionally, if, if you bring snacks to a graveyard nowadays, people might give you weird looks, mm-hmm. but no one's going to kick you out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as, as, long as you're, you're there not within, a mess. within operating hours, yeah. which if, unless there's gates with specifically posted hours, it's usually sunrise to sunset. Mm-hmm. If you're in a graveyard, most people are thinking you're there to visit a grave. Mm-hmm. And you are. Just not necessarily anyone you know. Mm-hmm. Great for coping with all kinds of problems is the classic trifecta of grounding, centering, and shielding. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. I know it's like everybody says it all the time, but taking a moment to ground, center, mm-hmm. and shield is just one of the most useful like spiritual processes you can perform. And if for some reason... And we do have a, an episode, have an episode on yeah. grounding and shielding. And, and Grounding, centering, and shielding. Setting, we have a yep. first steps episode on But that, yeah. if for some reason you feel like you don't have time or you're struggling with those, you know, learning how to do those things, take five breaths. Yeah. Just take five slow breaths. And that alone will also do a world of good for you. You know, count to 60. Mm-hmm. And then you've made it through the next minute. If you have a hard time with the counting, what I tend to do is I count to 10 in as many languages as I can figure out. <laughs> it Engages works. your brain just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Other strategies that I have used when, when dealing with stress or mm-hmm. coping with difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Especially when there's sort of a spike. When there's a spike and there's like all kinds of things are coming at you. Mm-hmm. Obviously taking the moment to take five minutes to close my eyes or to do my dishes and ground center Mm -hmm. and shield, but also just to meditate on one mantra Mm -hmm. that will help me kind of relax and know that I am okay, that I can move forward in whatever way I need to, to make it through through this particular moment in time. And it does help, I think, to have those sort of pre-prepared, so you're not trying to come up with a mantra on the fly. So do you have one you use? (laughs) Honestly, a lot of times what I will do, because I am a Hecatean witch, mm-hmm. I will just hail Hecate. And I do it very slowly, and it becomes a, mon- a meditative state for me. I've also learned to do it with the names of other deities, with right. the earth deity. But also sometimes just a positive statement about myself. Like, I am okay. Right. Or, I am powerful. I actually like to do my mantras a little differently than that. Mm -hmm, That's fair. And it's because of an article I read that I can't remember where I read it anymore. Mm -hmm. But people with anxiety don't do well with I am mantras. That's fair. Because they don't believe them. Right. They don't already believe them. And so it just like embeds this thing for their anxiety to pick over. Mm, Fair. So what's recommended for people who have anxiety or for people who are like super analytical like me who are just going to be like, but I'm not, I'm not right now saying it doesn't change anything. Mm -hmm. Um, What's helpful for those people is instead of I am okay Mm -hmm. or I am powerful, you do something like I will be okay. Mm -hmm. I will be powerful because that sets it into the future as something you can sort of achieve. Mm -hmm. So, interestingly, I don't actually say my own mantras. I have a video that I found on TikTok of a man, like, singing a mantra. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, energy and everything I need I already have and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. it's just to a rhythm, like a snapping rhythm. And yep. it's, it's like I listen to it every few days. Nice. Um, because I cannot even with mantras. I, I have a hard time keeping them in my head. Mm-hmm. I get distracted. Like my my brain goes, oh squirrel and I like forget yeah. my mantra halfway through. So I it helps me if I have other people an who, external an mantra. external mantra. L says in particularly overwhelming moments I use emotional validating affirmations. 
like it's okay to feel X. Then I go from that feeling to the next to mm -hmm. the next, which helps me figure out what I'm feeling and why, and reminds me not to feel guilty for having feelings. Mm -hmm. That's exactly. also very That's useful. I like that. Oh. And I and I think part of the reason why I like my first go to is hail Hecate. Right. You are a, a devotional pagan. You can use prayers. That I, that was what I wanted to go to yeah, next. You yeah. Can use, and for me, that is the beginning of a, of a prayer. To do mm -hmm. that mantra, is it leads me into a state where I am able to talk and pray and work things out in that, in that way. So yeah, absolutely. If you are a devotional pagan or a devotional witch, you absolutely can use prayer in those moments. As a, as a coping skill. As and not just in skill. those moments. So something I mentioned a little while ago mm -hmm. is that I've changed the way I pray mm -hmm. so I now write my prayers mm -hmm. as letters and I do it sort of uh, in an aesthetically satisfying way so mm -hmm. like it picks up that part of my brain that likes ritual and right. structure and it's kind of like a journaling kind of thing but in but yet different it's not really like a journal at all because it because it is a prayer right so it is directed to someone right it's it just is a written ritualization of a yeah prayer. exactly yeah. it's it's not really a journal at all I never go over one page mm -hmm. so I write my prayer on one page it often becomes a poem of some kind mm -hmm. so that's like a, a form of prayer that's not helpful in the moment when I'm dealing mm -hmm. with an immediate stress mm -hmm. but it's helpful when at like the end of the day I need to decompress from a lot of stress mm -hmm. or I have like an ongoing situation that I just can't seem to get a grip on mm -hmm. that's when I write a prayer to my gods do you collect them do you burn them I keep them mm -hmm. so currently I'm keeping them they're all dated and they have sort of an abstract so you know what it's about yeah um mm -hmm. I haven't decided what I'll what I'll do with them if anything, ever. I may just keep them forever. I don't know. Yeah, I like that idea. I really do. Because journaling is something that is often, you know, recommended for coping skills. Mm -hmm. uh, working through problems. Yeah, for you helping, know, you, helping process you process, process things. But yeah, what if in, if you're not into journaling, if mm -hmm. you find journaling difficult, perhaps writing out your prayer and doing, like you said, making it a ritual mm -hmm. like and sealing it. And So I struggle with impromptu verbal prayer. Mm -hmm. even in my own head, because I find it much easier to organize my thoughts in writing mm -hmm. than I do out loud. That's why I write notes for these. For me, trying to pray to communicate what I actually want and need to my gods is a struggle if mm -hmm. I have to do it out loud or I have mm -hmm. to do it in my head. So writing it out gives me sort of that that structural distance mm -hmm. that I can, I can form the language in my mind first mm -hmm. and it's not committed to the prayer until I've written it down yeah yeah and so that helps me sort of figure out what I'm actually asking I have a, a suggestion that's wildly practical and one that I do every day okay pocket stones yes I have four stones in my pockets right this very second <laughs> yes. when I was having struggles at work my son loaded me down with uh -huh. stones yes lots of rocks so uh so I just on the daily pick stones sometimes I pick them for their specific meaning and mm -hmm. sometimes I just go through my collection and I'm like I feel like I need you guys today mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who's vibing with me who's vibing mm -hmm. with me and uh and I just carry them around with me and they help me ground myself and they help me balance out my emotions mm -hmm. and it's this very like physical thing that I can do and it's a little mini ritual mm -hmm. I pick them every morning 
and it's it's relaxing for me knowing mm. if there is a day where I don't have pocket stones on me, I know that I'm having an off day. Mm. Right. Um, because I didn't spend that like two minutes that it takes to prepare to prepare yeah. and pick them out. One of the things that I do, because um, I don't necessarily I have a lot more stones than I used to. Uh-huh. Um, but one of the things that I would do in that vein is pick out an essential oil. Mm-hmm. I can either carry with me and, and put on apply throughout the day. Or in a, a locket with, you know, the little scent lockets that you can use yeah. to remind me of whatever it is I'm needing to be reminded about that that particular plant spirit is assisting me with. I have an emergency for anxiety essential oil that I keep in my bag Yeah. for if I'm feeling stressed. I'm just like, it's a blend, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, ah, definitely way too anxious right now. Mm-hmm. Do I need my actual anxiety medication, or do I need the less intense mm-hmm. essential oil blend? Mm-hmm. Let's go with the blend for now. Something I want to mention to sort of bridge those two things together, Jackson's pocket stone ritual, your essential oil ritual is one of the most useful things I find for coping with stress or trauma or ordeals Mm -hmm. is to create intentional moments or intentional spaces Mm -hmm. for joy. Yeah. For moments of stepping, just stepping away for a moment Mm -hmm. from whatever you're dealing with. Um, Not in a toxic positivity way. No. Because it is... It is critical to acknowledge that you're dealing with a trauma, that you're coping with and walking through a trauma mm-hmm. when you're doing it. But just taking those moments in the middle of trauma, and mm-hmm. in the middle of stress, to carve out a little bit of space and deliberately, mm-hmm. even if you don't necessarily feel like it, mm-hmm. find a space for something good mm-hmm. and beautiful and that you will enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually that's um, bridges to a topic that I, I wanted to bring up. So I've been doing research in some pagan books uh, in the past couple of days. And uh, I've been reading Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Herbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one topic that he gets into in like the introductory chapter of the book is just that magic, especially herb magic, is and should be practical mm-hmm. and results-based. Mm-hmm. So you have a problem, you make the time, and you build yourself a solution. Mm -hmm. And this goes for all magic. So going back to the place that I work at, the metaphysical shop, we almost had a car run into our window. Mm -hmm. So one of my coworkers was like, all right, I'm making a protection sigil to put in our window to prevent someone from crashing into it. Mm -hmm. And that immediately went up on our window and has stayed there. Mm -hmm. Um, When I feel particularly stressed, I make myself a spell bottle or I, I actually find myself seasoning my food with different herbs mm-hmm. based on my mood. Mm-hmm. Magic is a thing that, for me anyway, is just such an inherent part of my everyday exactly. life. That, like, pagan coping skills are just my coping skills. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to, to say I totally agree with that, obviously, because... What what do I love to do? I love to do candle spells. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm dealing with something that I, you know, need to either create um, a solution for mm-hmm. or find a way to express or work through using my candle spells, creating a spell to help me deal with that mm-hmm. situation or scenario or a ritual. Pulling from the, the ritual idea for a minute. Mm-hmm. This is a coping skill I'm going to suggest. It's one that if you have a therapist, 
I would suggest you approach with a therapist first mm -hmm. before you commit to it because it's one that can be difficult and potentially triggering, mm -hmm. especially if you're dealing with very severe kinds of trauma. But something that I personally find useful, both in a ritual magic context and in a more sort of mundane creative context, mm -hmm. is creating stories about my trauma and externalizing it in that way and acting through it in the process of acting through it, changing it, mm -hmm. transforming it into something that I can consume and incorporate into my being mm -hmm. in a more meaningful way. This is very challenging. It's not going to make you necessarily feel better in the moment. Mm -hmm. I find it's something that builds over time mm -hmm. and that you will need to cope with. Yeah. So like doing this will create the need for more kinds of coping, mm -hmm. but it's what I've found a very, a useful way to approach mm -hmm. traumas that I otherwise can't like get close enough to, to deal with. Yeah. But I do definitely recommend, especially if you're dealing with the kinds of traumas that might be severe or triggering mm -hmm. to do it with a therapist. Yeah. yeah. Interestingly, I do something similar and yet at the same time, entirely different mm -hmm. uh, because I'm a much more kinesthetic person than you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I am a very craft-based person and I make uh, drawings, I make crochet blankets and mm -hmm. scarves and sometimes I just like pour all of my negativity and emotion and stress and mm -hmm. like the specific stress related to a topic into the thing that I'm making into the project in a very like if anybody knows the Star Wars reference in a very much releasing it into the force type mm -hmm. of way mm -hmm. and in the process of doing that it doesn't make it, like, if I'm making a scarf, it doesn't make it an anger scarf. Right. And anybody who wears it just becomes irrationally mad. No. It kind of, in the process of funneling all of my frustrations into this thing, it turns it into something beautiful. Mm -hmm. But then I do not keep it. I give it to other people because, I like, I'm me looking at it just reminds me of the thing that frustrated right. me. Mm -hmm. But then I gift that beautiful thing that I made to a friend or a loved one, and I just go, here, mm -hmm. the thing that I have made. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Enjoy. I just wanted to make one point. Mm -hmm. I, I do think it is also important to remember that these are coping skills <laughs> for dealing with a situation or an experience or things like that, it doesn't necessarily mean that experience, that situation is going to just miraculously no, go away. gosh. You still need to process and deal with the emotions and whatever that situation it's is. It's just a way of processing. But it is a, mm -hmm. it is a, a way of processing. Right. Coping is not about solving your exactly. stress. Exactly. It's not about making it go away. It's about helping you be able to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how I use my magic in these strategies. And other coping skills. And other coping skills. they aren't all magic. But no, no. Join our Tiger Amanda and relax with the salts of Wonderful Body Co. These soaks and scrubs inspired by popular books and characters are designed to delight multiple senses with fragrant scents and sparkling mica. You can also find rollerball fragrances and hair oils. With dozens of options available, you're sure to find something you like in the Wonderful Body Co. collection. This week, Ode is recommending Summer Cream, a hand and body lotion scented with sandalwood, birchwood, rosemary, bergamot, whiskey, and tobacco. Find Wonderful Body Co. online at wonderfulbodyco.com or go directly to the shop at etsy.com forward slash shop 
forward slash wonderful body co. And don't forget to use the three pack 30 for a 30% discount. Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus. The other thing I definitely do want to make sure we get out there is one of the most important things you can do for coping with trauma or uh, ongoing stress is to seek a licensed therapist. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> obviously, from last week's mm-hmm. uh, you know podcast, it's obvious we've been going through stress and trauma, mm-hmm. and um, it has been a very difficult time for me. And I have used many of the things that we've talked about tonight as coping skills for dealing with all of this emotion and family situation and interpersonal situation that's going on, including ritual, Mm -hmm. including candle spells, Mm -hmm. including bathing and cleansing. I wanted to bring up cleansing, Mm -hmm. but also there are plans to talk to a counselor or a licensed therapist to help me work through the emotions Mm -hmm. that all of these situations and it's not just one it's several situations Mm -hmm. combined all kind of hitting at the same time it's okay to talk to somebody so that you can work through these things with a you know a professional and a a therapist again is not going to solve no your emotions no but they'll give you space for exploring those emotions safely with a professional's assistance Mm -hmm. and what therapists especially in the modern day in modern therapeutic practice Mm -hmm. um what they're really good at is teaching you how to build resiliency yeah therapists are useful even if you don't have a crisis right now Mm -hmm. even if you think you're doing fine it can be useful to go to a therapist just to learn how to be prepared for when you aren't. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And there, uh, someone has said therapists should be as common as family practice doctors. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. There's no shame in seeking out someone who can help you sort through your emotions, whether you're going through a particular issue or trauma or mm-hmm. even a past trauma mm-hmm. that you've never had the opportunity to deal with emotionally. There's, there's all kinds of ways these could benefit you. And um, never feel bad about going to a therapist without a specific problem, because I have seen mm-hmm. many accounts of therapists saying that the, quote, worried well, mm-hmm. so people who go to therapists without having, like, severe diagnostic issues mm-hmm. or, or severe traumas to, to, to work through, are good for the therapist's mental mm-hmm. health. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because they get to see someone they know unequivocally they can help. That's right. That's right. And so I, I do think that's important. And I did want to, to bring up things, mm-hmm. you know, some practical things additionally that you can do because sometimes it's just nice to clear out the negative energy in your mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. And we're on your on your physical person by, you know, doing those those things like taking a Florida water shower. Yes, you can go <laughs> listen to our, our cleansing episode for that's more right. details so, on how ways you can cleanse. That's I right. will say Florida water showers, they can be a little overwhelming in a sensory way, because that is a cologne. Yes, it is a cologne. And yes, I have done it. And my family's been like, oh my God, mother, what have you done? <laughs> it's <But> a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. But sometimes, you know, if you feel like you need to do a lot, just make sure there's nobody around just, to smell yep. you for a while. Just, yeah. <laughs> take a Florida water shower and then take another shower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Use bath salts, uh-huh. yeah. you know. 
And I will say, if you're not a bath person, because mm-hmm. I'm not a bath person, yeah, I'm a no. shower person, they yeah. make these, like, shower herb mm-hmm. steamer yeah. things mm-hmm. that are essentially bath bombs, but for showers. Yeah. Which, and uh, they're lovely. quite frankly, is how I use mm-hmm. um, the salts oh. I get from Wonderful Body Co. is I just I just cup some in my hands and hold it under the shower That's water right. spray so that it um, activates the scent. <laughs> exactly. But I also want to say... It's perfectly fine to just use regular old soap and water. Yep. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It can be ivory soap. Yep. You know, or no soap at all. Just stand just under water. the water. Yep. Just to, you know, if, if it helps you to feel like you're cleansing that, you know, that spiritual Wash body as well as your physical body, just wash it off because mm-hmm. that might give you an opportunity to breathe mm-hmm. and an t- opportunity to clear out your mind. And so that you can then look at what the situation is a little bit more calmly. And it's another thing that is part of the take care of your body. Yep. Yeah. Um, for looking at a situation more calmly, something that I do sometimes, which it's not really the, the like prescribed way to use tarot. Sometimes I use tarot as like an internal meditation mm-hmm. for working through my problems. There are oh, actually I, lots of people who I use do tarot that, that way. Too. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think I want to change my word. I think I don't like the word calmly. Look at it with more clarity. Yeah, there we go. I think that's a better word. It gives you the opportunity, these coping skills, whether Mm -hmm. you're using tarot, taking a shower, taking a moment to breathe, smelling some essential oils, holding some rocks, whatever you're Mm -hmm. doing, it gives you a moment to find some clarity. Mm -hmm. so that Or decompression. Or decompression so that you can then take one thing at a time, not Mm -hmm. try to solve everything all at once, I take one thing at a time to be able to examine it. Okay, so something that I do when situations seem super overwhelming, I break them down and write the pieces on sticky notes and mm-hmm. post all the pieces on my wall mm-hmm. so I can attack it like a like a maze or like a mystery, like a murder <laughs> yeah. mystery. I make a murder make mystery a little board. Red string board. I make a little red string board of my own problems, mm-hmm. and it works. Yesterday I was just... I was at work and I was out of spoons. I got to work and basically was instantly out of spoons. So like there were a lot of noises happening and it was just a bad day for noises for me. Mm-hmm. All the noises were at the same sort of sound priority level so I couldn't sort them in my brain as to which one was most important and it just became this cacophonous disaster mm-hmm. that was driving me up a wall. So what I did to deal with that, to cope with that so that I could get through my day was I went back to the sinks behind the bar, and I turned on my little dishwasher machine, which makes a whirring noise, and I turned on the water all the way up to the front. I just created some white noise back in the sink, and I just stuck my head over that and did dishes until I was out of dishes, and then when I was done with dishes, I said, okay, I will now re-engage with noises. That's actually why sometimes you'll see me with one headphone on Mm -hmm. or one earbud in, because I have a podcast in of voices that I'm familiar with, Mm And just, like, having familiar voices, having conversations that I've heard a thousand times mm-hmm. will, like, be a grounding, calming presence to the mm-hmm. ridiculousness of noise. Because I have an auditory processing yeah. problem, and sometimes noises are a lot. <laughs> sometimes everything's a lot. I'd also like to throw out there that, you know, just as we said, go out into the sunshine for ten minutes mm-hmm. and absorb that energy mm-hmm. that because it's healthy for your body. But also, go out and connect with the night sky. Whether yes. the moon's there or just the stars mm-hmm. or, or just some clouds, just some clouds, 
you know, go out and connect to that part of the universe, that energy mm-hmm. uh, of the universe that you work with as well. Oh, I 100% go hang out with the trees at like 3 a.m. Yeah. when I can't sleep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Here's a, a coping, and this is actually what was what sort of inspired my Create White Noise um, solution yesterday. A coping strategy that was taught to me when I was a teenager, when I was dealing with some self-harm impulses. Focus mm. all your senses on one object. Uh, this is especially useful if you have something you can carry with you. So like a fidget toy especially would be good for this because they have textures. So you choose an object and you look at it very closely and you assess it for color and size and, and all of its visual qualities. And then you feel and process all the textures and the shape and, and all the feeling qualities. And you listen to it and you shake it around and you scrub your hand on it and you see if it makes any interesting noises and... You taste it if you can get away with it, and you smell it, and you engage all of your senses on this one object, and that's a a grounding process Mm -hmm. that, A, can, it sort of, because you're engaging with all of your senses one at a time, sort of forces you to step away from whatever spiral you were having, Mm -hmm. and B, gives you something to, like, really settle you back into your body again. Mm -hmm. So that can be useful for people, too. I'd like to also add to what Jackson was saying about, you know, you go and you create something, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's a drawing or a, something. That, a project. A project. Today, I've started for myself a little project. I am creating a new outdoor altar space mm-hmm. that I have been wanting to do for a while. Ages and ages. And For ages and ages. Since and we moved in here, honestly. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. And so, but uh, for my birthday, I got a wind chime that I hung in this particular area that I've been interested in using as an altar space. Mm-hmm. And that has been kind of inspiring me. And so I, I decided that's a, that's a small little project that I'm going to create this outdoor altar meditation space yep. that I can then utilize, especially when I need to go out and get some fresh air or sit in the sun for 10 minutes or yeah. just mantra <laughs> you know i i have thinking about it i have also done that mm-hmm. i just a couple of weeks ago was feeling stressed so i reorganized all of my rocks yeah, into yeah. a more pleasing presentation exactly so clean your altar mm-hmm. create a new one mm-hmm. create some some kind of a gift for your deities mm-hmm. and if you don't have a deity if you you know if you're a a, a witch or a magical practitioner that doesn't work with mm-hmm. um, if you're non-religious if you're or non-religious or whatever Create just something that will assist you in your work. Mm-hmm. Create a and yeah, create a tool. Create an outdoor workspace mm-hmm. um, or an indoor workspace. Or an indoor mm-hmm. workspace doesn't have to be or, outdoor. Or, Mom's no, just very outdoor. I'm very outdoor focused, <laughs> especially today because I got my yard all fixed up. But if you have an apothecary, organize your apothecary or, or <laughs> make one of those little Altoid altars yes. that you can carry with you. Exactly. Or whatever. Sometimes getting organized yeah. can help you organize your thoughts. Yeah. One more sort of, because we probably do need to start wrapping up. Probably. Yeah. Um, but I had one more coping skill for pagans that I wanted to mention, mm-hmm. which is engage with your community. Yes, yes. I also mm-hmm. wanted to throw that out there as well. So we're all kind of on the same <laughs> wavelength. wavelength tonight because everything, you know. But like, I've, yes, I also yes, wanted. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. yes. Excellent. <laughs> Yeah, definitely engage with your community. Mm-hmm. And whether it's online or in person, find a way to do that. Or if you just listen to podcasts. Like yeah. my my Passive particular, engagement still counts. My particular path is 
incredibly solitary, which mm-hmm. means that I have a hard time reminding myself, oh yeah, community stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there are other people. There are other people. Doing the thing. But I listen to lots of podcasts. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there are, and there are different ways you can engage with your community, which are all different kinds of coping. So venting mm-hmm. to your community, just like expressing your frustrations to mm-hmm. your community can be helpful. Because sometimes you'll see other people are dealing with the same thing, mm-hmm. or you'll see people who've gotten through it before, and that can be inspiring, mm-hmm. right? Accepting advice or help from your community mm-hmm. can be uplifting and give you the resources you need to move forward. Mm-hmm. And, and this is one I think we sort of forget about, sometimes giving your help and your time to your community mm-hmm. can be a useful coping skill, because it's sort of, even though you're dealing with shit, yeah. You're still able to provide something of value to other people in your yeah. community, right? Now, obviously, you don't want to overcommit yourself. No. Because um, that just leads to more, you yes. know, and, stress. <laughs> and, but that's true for all of these things. I, exactly. It's, it's possible to overdo any kind of Absolutely. coping strategy. And at that point, it becomes maladaptive. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to let any of these coping skills become maladaptive mm-hmm. and start to sort of overtake your life. Mm-hmm. These are to be deployed for specific purposes. Mm-hmm. It can be nice for people, especially who are struggling with feelings of failure or, mm-hmm. or validation. Um, it can be nice to sort of give something to your community and mm-hmm. feel like you're you're still helping and engaging with, sort of put things into perspective, I guess. And it doesn't have to just be like the pagan or the witchcraft community. Mm-hmm. It can be the LGBTQ community. A sports club you're part of. a sports club. (laughs) You know, a crafting club. Mm -hmm. Um, Your neighborhood. Your neighbor, yep, your neighborhood. There's all kinds of, it's whatever you can be engaged in, Mm -hmm. whether it's through podcasts or through physical participation Mm -hmm. or online participation or whatever, it, it can be helpful to engage with others. Especially since I know something that was mentioned when this topic was suggested Mm -hmm. was that like, Christians, in particular, mm-hmm. have uh, an advantage when it comes to coping with crisis in mm-hmm. that they have churches. Yep. They have big structural organizations designed for community engagement mm-hmm. and mutual assistance, yep. ideally. Pagan community isn't really structured in quite that way. There are temples here and there. There are metaphysical stores mm-hmm. like Jackson's, which is Elements in Kalamazoo. Which is not mine. I just work there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at festivals. Yeah. Like, we have opportunities to engage in a community together, but they're not as structural as churches. Yeah. Ivy Rose says, so volunteering to score at a Taekwondo tournament totally counts. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It can be whatever, wherever your interests lie, whatever you're doing in your community. And if you're like me and you're a homebody and it's hard for you to do that, mm-hmm. just take one thing and make a step. Mm-hmm. Want to do something on the solitary side? Just find a thing that you love wholeheartedly, that you find joy in doing, mm-hmm. and then just do it. Like, uh... I find an indescribable amount of joy scouring through any city I'm in hunting for street art and graffiti. Yeah. And I take my phone or I take my camera or, or a GoPro, whatever, and I just hunt it down and I photograph it. And if there's anybody in the area who can tell me stories about it, even better. Mm-hmm. Jax is a documentarian, can yeah. you tell? <laughs> yeah. And an artiste. Uh-huh. But I do it in, in basically any place I go. And I do believe this is a pagan coping skill because mm-hmm. I 
feel this like this energy coming off of these mm-hmm. pieces of art because mm-hmm. cities have life they have this this life and this growth and there's energy from the artists and there's all of this wonderful expression countercultural art and yeah and it's absolutely fascinating to be around and one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life was running through back alleys <laughs> Um, in in the middle of the rain with a camera and running across an absolutely massive wall-spanning mural and just having this feeling of indescribable awe. Mm-hmm. Nigh unto a religious experience. Mm-hmm. And that was like, oh no, yeah, this is, this is why I do what I do. And mm-hmm. if you have something that you love in that way, go and do it because it'll bring you joy and happiness and it'll ground you and it'll bring you some little bit of peace. I'm going to add one thing. Find reasons or ways to laugh. Yeah. Remember my, my coping skill yes. that one that one time? Yeah. I was having a terrible yes. anxiety attack. <laughs> she was. Because, she had to stay home from work. Because, and that was at a doctor's recommendation <laughs> uh-huh. because this was such a horrible place to work. Yep. And I was under yep. so much stress. That so I, was, I, I woke up and came out into the living room and Gwen was just like in tears. <laughs> had been for a couple of hours. Uh-huh. And... What we eventually settled on for what we would do that day was RuPaul's Drag Race. We, oh yeah, we did a marathon all day. Yep, of RuPaul's Drag Race. That it and it was. I laughed mm-hmm. and it just you know it it allowed me to get out of that spiral. The same thing. I I'll also watch Nailed It, that, mm-hmm. that oh, television yeah. series on Netflix. Yep. With the terrible bakers that yep. are just hilariously funny. Point is, find something that will. Make you laugh. Oh, Great yeah. British Bake Off. Oh, so yes. Great British ba- yeah. I love Great British Bake Off. Great British Bake Off got me through my master's degree because uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, everything was so high stress. What mm-hmm. got me through that first chunk when I was finishing my master's and also the pandemic was happening and I was trapped by myself in California mm-hmm. was Animal Crossing to decompress mm-hmm. and Great British Bake Off to make me laugh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So here's here's some advice for life, uh, which is also basically advice for coping, because as far as I'm concerned, like life is just a sequence of coping skills. <laughs> <laughs> Try to be hard to satisfy, but easy to please. Yeah. Yep. Take pleasure and joy in the small things, but strive constantly for more. Yep, exactly. And always stop to pay attention to the to the beauty. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you can get so caught up in what's going on that you don't see the small, beautiful things in mm-hmm. your life that are right there in front of you unless you stop and really look for them. Yep. So we probably ought to wrap this one up. Because a lot of what we talk about, you know, is is in other episodes. Mm-hmm. So on yeah. cleansing and, and on grounding, center, grounding and shielding. center and shielding and all these different things, you can... Working with deity, working with deities. working with ancestors, because working with your ancestors can also be great for coping. Candle magic, uh-huh. you know, all, rituals, putting uh-huh. together a ritual, prayer, all of these things can be used for Setting coping. Setting sacred spaces. Exactly. All of these things can be, all of the things you can do in your pagan life can help you cope with the rest of life. Yep. It's just a matter of finding which ones spark joy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And I want to make a couple of book recommendations. One is called Clearing Spaces. It's by Kai Armand, K-H-I Armand. It's an older book, so it may be hard to find, but it's got some really great techniques mm-hmm. for just cleansing and healing your home, <laughs> mm-hmm. which 
it can be an important part of coping. If you have a place to come home to that yeah. is peaceful, that can go a long way to helping you cope with and, difficult situations. And cleansing your space of the stress that has built up in exactly. it over time, yeah, can be very helpful. Another book is called The Portable Essential Oils by Ann Kennedy. I think I have referenced that in past episodes a couple of years ago. Different essential oils and how they can help with emotions. And then finally, from Diana Rachel, Divorcing a Real Witch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For pagans and the people that used to love them. It Even though it's a book about divorce, there's some great information in here on coping mm -hmm. with stressful, difficult times. So it can be about any topic. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually also have two book recommendations. Okay. Um, one is called How to Survive the Mercury, Mercury Retrograde. It just has some really good like coping mechanisms and also teaches you a lot about retrogrades <laughs> and, how to, and how to communicate clearly in a time when communication breaks down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And two, weirdly enough, a book called Hands-On Chaos Magic. The first, maybe third of the book is actually, it's, the book itself is like a list of exercises for you to try. Um, the first third of the book is, is actually, like, exercises that you would probably do with a therapist before you get into the actual, like, chaos magic part. Work on yourself, and then get into chaos. I will also make two book recommendations, Ooh. but they're not pagan books or even academic texts. That's okay. My two book recommendations are both fantasy novels. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes fantasy yeah. novels and other things can really be helpful. Here are my book recommendations. First, read them in this order. <laughs> read Biting the Sun by Tanith Lee. That's one of my all-time favorite books. It was formative to me. I read it very young. It helped me sort of build my identity and my sense of self and how I process the world and identity and relationships with other people. And so I recommend that for everyone. I think it's, I think it's a very, it, it can be a confusing book, but it's a very interesting book and it's a very useful book. And then my second book recommendation is a new book to me. I just got it on Audible pretty recently I love and listened to it. But it is The Goblin Emperor by Sarah Monet. Mm. Um, and this is the kindest and most uplifting book I've ever read in my life. Oh, okay. Everything about this book is just like, like sinking into a warm bath. It's such a good book. So if you just need a book that will make you feel good about life, The Goblin Emperor by Sarah Monet. And then I'm going to do one more because you got me uh -huh. into this one, The Rivers of London. Yes. The entire series. If you just want something to lose yourself in, just to have a good time listening to, it's The Rivers of London mm -hmm. series. I highly recommend it. I think we're done. I think we're done now. <laughs> we're done. We're done. You can find us on Google. If you Google the number three and the letters P-A-A-C, or the number three, and the words pagans and a cat. Yep. We are on assorted social medias, which we are trying to be better at keeping on top of. Yep. Uh, various things about this podcast will be changing in the coming weeks, including it will get new theme music at some point and uh, logos and such. Yep. Um, Just bear with us as we go through this time of transition. Yes, it's all going to change sort of piecemeal as I get around to it, basically. <laughs> um... But other than that, I think that is it for this episode. So we just we love you. Yes. Um, all of our patrons, our listeners, thank you for sticking with us. Mm -hmm. You can find us at threepagansandacat.com. Right. And, we have a red bubble and a Patreon and a, YouTube, a neglected YouTube uh -huh. channel. But you can come and see me at Gwyn 
of Three Pigs and a Cat on TikTok. Yes, Gwen is on TikTok. She also has a blog at Pathios Pagan. Mm -hmm. The Three Pigs and a Cat blog, mm -hmm. as well as an Instagram, which is Gwen of Three Pigs and a Cat. Yes. Not to be confused with Gwen of Three Pagians. Or any of the other <laughs> fake Instagram accounts that have been sp spoofing Gwen and trying to scam people. So here's your periodic reminder that Gwen will never just reach out to you in Instagram DMs trying to offer you a reading. Nope. That's a scam. That's a scam. Not going to happen. <laughs> but I think that's it. So, Jackson, thank you for joining us today. Yes, this yeah, was wonderful. It's our first official Jackson episode. That's right. He's come in from the wild. He's <laughs> been domesticated. We've domesticated the Jacks. That's right. <laughs> and hopefully he will join us on future episodes as and when they interest him. Such is the plan. Uh, as the topics sound intriguing, mm -hmm. well, we'll pop in and out. Well, your uh, input has been incredibly valuable, yes. so thank you for joining us tonight. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> he gave us thumbs up. He gave us we thumbs up. We got the thumbs up from Jackson. That's right. We will say goodbye. 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 So long. Farewell. I'll be doing it. Adieu, 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 adieu to, to you, you and you and you. And you. <laughs>